Are you ready to listen to a podcast? Upskills. Upskills. Hi everyone, thanks for listening, thanks for downloading the 17th episode of the Upskilled Masterclass. My name's Ralph Tucker. Today we'll be continuing our series of interviews from the viewpoint of a small business owner. These are real people with real businesses sharing real experiences. We hope by them sharing their knowledge, it'll inspire more people to consider taking a course with Upskilled and chase their dream of becoming a small business owner. My guest today is Cameron Slater from Smart Style Bathrooms. Welcome to the Upskilled Masterclass, Cameron. Thank you very much, Ralph. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about your business? So I'm in Perth, based in Perth, Western Australia, and we do bathroom renovations, um, basically residential market, full-service bathroom renovations. That's going into existing homes uh, and full co- full coordination from interior designers right the way through all the trades required to complete the project. And what made you decide to set up that business? So I was... Uh, operating fairly um, similar to the structure I have now, except working for someone else. So there's another bathroom renovation company that I had a little team set up and I was contracting through to him. And it was 2008 during the GFC run, I could remember, that work started to dry up for him. It was a family business and it was basically myself and his son that had a team each. And it was starting to get get pretty tired, around, I guess, around the opportunities to work there. And we were starting to alternate between who, who had the job and I felt that it was more appropriate that he, he directed the, the work towards his son. Um, so, yeah, put it out in the paper and had my team ready to go, had all the knowledge of how to do the job, but very little on, on marketing and actually a lot of the uh, administration behind it and just went from there. How many employees do you have at the moment there, Cameron? So currently we've got um, 12 employees and being a, a building company, uh, we've got a lot of – majority of our team's contractors. So I've got around about 30 contractors we call upon from – from tilers to electricians to pastors to brickies, glazes, etc. But our, our core team is, is 12 employees, and that's the designers, administration, project managers, and then a lot of jack of all trades that just plug all the, fill all the gaps between the trades, just general laborers. And did you have a background in the trade yourself, or is it something that you picked up later in life? The answer is uh, yes to both. So I actually do have a trade background, and I picked up later in life. So I'm, I, um, I always enjoyed working with, with my hands growing up, helping the family renovate the home, et cetera. But I did, did pretty well at school, and my parents were um, – mum was a pharmacist, and they, they always expected me to go to university. So I did the standard thing, went to uni, and basically stuffed around. I uh, started three courses, didn't finish one, um, and pretty much after that decided to get a trade. And I started a, an apprenticeship in Wallen Floor Tiling and, and went from there. Now, did you have to undertake – much extra study to uh, take on the, the role of, um, I guess, business owner? Not really. Uh, I didn't actually take any formal business administrative training. But what I did do is make sure that I had good good mentors around me that had experience in different aspects. So the guy that I did work for before, he was obviously running a bathroom renovation company and he was really good support for me starting off. I also sought out other business mentors that helped me with um, staffing and other other issues that pop up during your renovation. So I have actually gone back recently in the last 12 months and started my diploma of building construction. That's eight years on from starting my own business. And I, I actually do wish I started a lot earlier because it does give you a really good formal foundation to operate from. You mentioned mentors there. How important were they in 
getting things going for you and put questions to them that you didn't understand or they were able to sort of take you through the issues that you would face in the future for your business? Oh, look, absolutely vital. I, I seriously could not have done it without the help of the, the people around me, both formal and informal mentors. Um, some were, were family friends that were in business, others that I had actually paid to have on my team. And uh, yeah, I could not have done it without them or I would have, I would have struggled. It would have been a, a lot more of a rougher journey. So yeah, whoever's, whoever's looking at starting a business, I'd say that's probably one of the, the critical steps. I'd say finding someone that has done it before or someone that does have good experience in the elements of the business and get them on your team. What would you describe as your biggest challenges so far in establishing your small business? I never had problems with finding work. I guess the biggest challenge for me uh, came in time. So I knew how to do the work. Work came easily to me. Though as I grew my team, the issues that arise, and you can you can never foresee them, the issues arise from growth, um, including staffing, systems and processes. It's just, that's probably my biggest challenge. Identifying those during the, the um, sounds, sounds excessive, but crisis periods when there's things that aren't going according to plan, identifying those issues and either bringing in new correct correctly trained team members or bringing in a new system and procedure to ensure that that doesn't happen in future. How would you describe your business model as it as it currently stands there, Cameron? Look, it's, it's fairly simple for me. Um, we do bathroom renovation, so it's fairly uncomplicated in our, our approach. We don't really tackle more aspects of renovations, uh, mainly because the simplistic model of bathrooms is ample work for just, just that for us. So we really do focus on getting good quality clients in good quality areas that appreciate the higher end, uh, higher producing, higher quality producing trades. And yeah, that's, that's basically it. Being in that field of, of renovations for bathrooms, customer service would be a very important part of your business in retaining and, and I guess obtaining customers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the foundation of business, without a customer, you don't have a business. So for us, the customer is everything. It's about a, a lot of our systems and procedures. Um, also, the the way I go about my recruiting is all about finding finding ways to better serve the customer. So that's ensuring that the quality of the trades we get through. Um, the base of building industry is a lot of the trades have worked on vacant houses. Uh, they tend to be a little rough around the edges, whereas we're working in occupied homes. So it's important for me to make sure we're getting the the cream of the crop um, trades that also have a really good care factor and etiquette of working occupied homes and we're always asking the clients for feedback actually some of the greatest ideas have come from our clients and that's really been instrumental in in growing my business because we know we're growing in a way not that i would imagine but as as my customers would would demand i guess and i guess marketing also is something that's very important for you how much did you learn from your mentors about that aspect as you were building and growing your business Oh, you're always learning about marketing. Uh, probably one of the biggest, biggest things that you, you don't, you don't, or haven't read in any books is that marketing doesn't stop with your ads. So you, there's obviously branding and positioning, and then there's your, say, if you're spending money on Google SEO, Google, Google AdWords, or magazine advertisement. That's your traditional, um, or that used to be my traditional image of marketing. But marketing doesn't stop there. It goes right the way through to when you start the job, and and that is. Basically, every interaction you have, you or one of your team members have with a client is marketing. And that, that leads to referrals being the best form of marketing. And if you can ensure that the message you are sending via your print advertising is consistent right the way through the team, that is 
the best form of marketing you can have. Now, do you also use social media as part of your marketing? And imagine being able to show off your work uh, as far as, I guess, Facebook or Instagram or something like that would be beneficial for something where you could show your future clients the end products of many of the renovations that you've done. Look, I think that's a very good tool. Um, I have actually been so vigilant in using it. I've had a, a Facebook page up for five years, and I think I might have made two posts. We've always had a lot of work, probably more so than, than, I, could, than I could find the great trades for. So we've never had a great focus on actual social media. But in terms of displaying work for potential clients, I think that's the best way that I've found is to show current projects. So we always ask the clients when we start a project if they'd be happy to have potential clients look at our work during its construction and even chat to our potential clients. And in that way, they know that the work they're being shown is ours and not just some photo that's been plucked from Pinterest. What about time management? Completing jobs would be something that obviously you'd have to work deadlines on each occasion that you go out there. How important is that to be able to work to that deadline and, and be able to organise your time uh, most effectively? Yeah, well, time management within the job and also within my within my role as well, which is less on the tools these days, is vitally important, um, especially so much so on the job. So we're doing we're carrying out bathroom renovations in homes while people are living there. So some, many of the clients do have two bathrooms um, and occasionally you come across clients only have one bathroom where we bring in portable en-suites. And even if they did have a second bathroom in the house, there's no doubt having, having a team of trades, no matter how friendly they are, no matter how courteous they are, is still a major inconvenience. So... We do work to a, a three-week deadline, um, and we, we operate 90% of our projects are wound up in that time. And we've, you know, you always hear the major concern and disappointments of clients from other service providers are their timing. Once, once the, um, their expected renovation timeline blows out by weeks, it just becomes a major impact on their life, not just affecting their home life, but they carry the stress through to work and everything. So, for us now, knowledge of the well-being of our clients, it's very vitally important to to be very time time considerate, but also finding that there's also a stage where you're efficient and pushing the time timeline closer, you have a dropping dropping in standard of quality work as well. So it's explained to the clients that look, we do things a certain way. You don't want trades working over the top of each other like they do have on the renovation shows. But we have worked out a really good system that we can have every trade in their in their own space, producing quality work without the unnecessary pressure in it, what we think is a very efficient amount of time. And that's no small feat, especially things happen. There's we're running multiple projects concurrently, so things might happen on one job that obviously that trade would be going on to another job. So then it just becomes a, a balancing act of. Um, re reshuffling the it almost, it's almost daily that we reshuffle the the workflow to ensure that that things do run as, as smoothly as possible. You mentioned there that a lot of people uh, watch these reality TV programs, and the comparison there to real life is perhaps a little bit different. Do you think that people get false expectations by looking at those <laughs> shows, um, and compared Definitely, to what it's like yeah. in the real world? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, apart from being very cringeworthy for a professional renovator to watch, um, well, what they're actually displaying is not truly what happens. So, obviously, when they're giving budgets and timelines of work that takes place in the in these houses, they don't consider the fact that a lot a lot of this stuff is being sponsored. Sponsored, say 
Masters or Bunnings might chuck in 20, 30 grand worth of materials that isn't considered. Also, timelines, they, they do show, and I know some people that have been on those shows as well, they do show the renovation taking a certain amount of time, but what you don't realise is that's only the filming time. Behind the scenes, there's a lot of other stuff happening where the trades are coming through completing work. So it really does, it, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword really because it has turned people people's attention to reality, sorry, to, to renovations through the reality TV show. There's a lot more um, people out there wanting to improve their, their house, but they do, having watched those show, shows, think they have more of an idea of how it's actually done than, than reality. So, yes, it is it is a bit of a, a re-education process from it going out and, and um, quoting, and also our project manager is very, uh, very aware that there is a bit more of an inoculation of what to expect during a renovation because it is, like I mentioned before, it is definitely disruptive to your life, and we want our clients to be prepared for that. What would you say that your biggest costs are when it comes to running your small business there, Cameron? Um, very simple. It's products and labour. So we don't have a premises. Um, I work from a home office uh, and all our selections done with professional interior designers in-home. So it really is the purchasing of the products. That's your fittings and fixtures, including tiles, taps, um, baths, shower screens, etc., and also the labour component, which which does form around about 65 to 70% of the, the renovation cost. How would you say that you manage your cash flow? So it's, a, it's a very simple uh, business model, as I mentioned before. So in terms of our suppliers, we always work on 30 to 60-day counts. So it just gives you a bit of bit of grace period there. And then when it comes down to the actual work contracts we have with our clients, we, uh, as a lot of companies do, have a, have a payment schedule that sees us getting up to 50% prior to the commencement of the renovation if there's products involved. Uh, obviously, that going back to the time time management as well, we make sure that we're finishing jobs on time and effectively not only just for the clients but also our cash flow. Once the job and project's complete, we can we can invoice that final portion. Do you employ the services of an accountant or a, a legal representative? I'd imagine those guys would be fairly important in a um, small business operation such as yours. Um, we do have an accountant. We don't get so much business advice from an accountant. A lot of my business coaches, advisors assist me with that. And in terms of the legal legal side of things, we're actually a member of the HIA Housing Industry Association over here in Western Australia, and they have a lot of great pre prefabricated contracts and other support like that if required. Um, lucky enough, in the eight years, we've never really had had an issue that would require a lawyer. Um, I hope it doesn't doesn't happen in the future. But um, yeah, so we do get a lot of support uh, from that organisation, but we don't actually have a formal lawyer. And yes, got the accountant, but um, probably more the Advisors would be giving us giving us the assistance on the the business decisions. Do you have an exit strategy when it comes to your business? A lot of businesses these days uh, have a timeline in mind that they want to get out of their business. Um, I do have a bit of a timeline in mind. So my one of my other passions is renovations and property developing. I'm only operating on a small scale at the moment. Once I get my diploma of building construction, we'll be moving to to unit developments, more on the private scale rather than um, working with with clients. But what I see my business, my bathroom renovation business being is that cash flow for my property developing business. So I would like to retain it in some way, shape or form. Uh, in the short term, short term being three years, I like to make myself redundant apart from, say, um, one or two days a fortnight on maintenance of the company. But by looking at replacing myself to have that business run with my minimal impact for that cash flow to assist my other ventures. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out uh, selling the business in the future if someone, if an offer came along, but it is, at this point, I am looking at retaining it for at least the next 10 years for a, a cash flow.
for my property developing. What would you say would be the favourite aspect of running your small business? I mean, there's a lot of people out there that think that going into small business uh, means that they're answerable to themselves and, and not a boss. What are the main areas that you enjoy most about running a small business? Lots of things. They do say a business is the, the best form of personal growth in the world. Uh, and that's certainly true. It sounds trying to talk about, but you certainly get some challenging times. From that, you do grow. Uh, I also really enjoy the fact that it's it's my own my own baby, if you want to say that. It's it's something that I can create and change as I please. There's no one um, dictating the way I run things. So it's completely completely up to me if I want to, you know, say change tax um, kitchens, uh, even change the, the simple way we do things. Um, the buck, the buck does stop with me, and it just gives me that freedom to be able to that creative freedom to be able to create something that that I feel proud of. If someone was to ask you what would be the greatest advice that you could give to somebody who is considering starting up a business, is there any mistakes or traps or pitfalls that you've learnt from over the years that you'd like to pass on to someone else who's considering setting up a business? A, cu- a couple of things that I've learnt personally is um, don't overanalyze. A lot of people can spend so much time accumulating the theory behind the business and the difference between theory and practice can be massive. So get out there, have a go. And one really important thing is don't be hard on yourself. You are going to make mistakes. And if you read any of the books of the greats, uh, a lot of their accomplishments, uh, a, lot, a lot of the, say, even Richard Branson, he would put as much importance to the greatest failures he's had as his successes. So, And that can be really hard to start when you do first go out on your own you want to be the best of the best and you you don't want to make mistakes. You don't want to do anything wrong. It's bound to happen and just be kind on yourself. You mentioned earlier about an exit strategy. Did you have any other plans for the future of your business? Um, in the short term, there's, there's always a lot of things happening. Currently, we're going through a rebranding. And if there's anyone out there that is looking at rebranding, I'd definitely recommend, I've got no connection with them whatsoever, but definitely recommend checking out storybrands.com. They've got a really great way of positioning you in the market. Um, so we're currently undergoing, so if you look at our website, uh, au, it's actually our old, our old website. So we will be putting up a new website in the next month or so. And we're also currently implementing a new project management software system, which helps right across the board, right from lead management, uh, job management, customer service. They have a, a portal to be able to log into to see communications, see and make communications with the team. Um, and we do have talks of starting a kitchen wing, uh, starting to do kitchen renovations. We have done a few in the past. Um, it is a lot of renovation companies do do kitchens, but we've been so focused on our little niche of bathrooms that we've turned a blind eye to that. And there's also a lot of a lot of other aspects within renovations that we're looking at as well. Cameron, you've been very generous with your time today and given us some really great insights into how to operate a, a small business from your point of view. Uh, once again, could you tell us where people could find your business if they want to look for it online? Well, certainly, www.smartstylebathrooms. That's S-M-A-R-T-S-T-Y-L-E, bathrooms with an S, .com.au. Cameron, thanks very much for joining us on the Upskilled Masterclass. The pleasure, Ralph. Thanks for having me on. There he is, Cameron Slater from Smart Style Bathrooms. Cameron's story just goes to show if you have an idea, passion and discipline, you too can make a small business work. Thanks for taking the time out to listen today. If you've got any questions or feedback, please head to the website upskill.edu.au. 
Don't forget you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can also leave a rating or review in iTunes, which would be greatly appreciated. And if you really enjoyed today's podcast with Cameron Slater from Smart Style Bathrooms, please tell a friend. I'm Ralph Tucker. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And we'll catch you next time on the Upskilled Masterclass. Upskilled. Upskilled. Masterclass.